So we were at dinner yesterday, and Ken leaned over and said, uh, so can you preach tomorrow? And I really thought he was joking, and then I realized he was serious about it. So I'm not going to um, be before you very long this morning. I'm just going to exhort you and um, really just share what God impressed upon my heart to impart to you today. I want to thank Leroy, his beautiful bride, Donna, uh, Joshua. Where are you, Josh? Josh, and um, the rest of uh, my friends and colleagues who are here from Baltimore who are leaders on the battlefield every day. So there's no secret, and thank each of you, and I want to thank the Schultz family, Jerry and Shar as well, for hosting me, and Emily, who's been fantastic. Um, you guys have lots of rock stars here. Um, there is no secret of what occurred in Baltimore. I'm sure many of you have seen the news and um, have read about the uprising and the riots that took place in Baltimore. And unfortunately, Baltimore is not a unique situation. And as a body of believers, uh, I never thought I would be in Bend, Oregon. In fact, I had never heard of Bend, <laughs> Oregon. Um, but I'm so grateful to be here as I believe I can speak on behalf of the cohort that's here. We are just so grateful and humbled and it's such a beautiful city. So um, can we just have a quick word of prayer and then um, I'm just going to share what I believe the, the word of the Lord is for you all today. Almighty God in heaven, thank you so much for this people of Antioch, God. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you for this opportunity to speak into the lives of your people, God. Father, hide me behind the cross. Take over my tongue. Take over my thoughts. And speak to us today, Lord. Feed your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, after I realized that Ken was actually very serious yesterday, um, I went into prayer to ask the Lord um, what he would have me to share with you today. And then when I got home from dinner, I was sitting up with Jerry and Char last night, and um, our whole conversation was just confirmation of uh, some of what we've been talking about this weekend. So as leaders who are on the battlefield every day working in communities, the unique thing about this convening is that it's Christian leaders. And um, for us as believers, we know that, that that makes all the difference. Because as believers, we have uh, this treasure. The Bible talks about this treasure that we possess. And it dwells on the inside of us. And it empower, empowers us to see with a prophetic lens and to see beyond our circumstances to see beyond all of the hurt. I mean, if you watch CNN all day long and you read the papers, you will go into depression if that's your only hope and your only belief. Because we're dealing with serious issues. And I just want to exhort you today to take the mission of the gospel serious. And to not just take it for your own comfort, and for your own family, 
but to realize that, and, and I think that that's what um, being here this weekend with the Voices Project, that uh, a young woman from Baltimore City can be connected to a body and bend organ. That's powerful. And so as I was seeking the Lord for a word and what he would have me to share, the, the story of um, the woman at the well came to mind because I think that um, even though it's a very familiar passage of scripture, and I'm not even going to, I'm going to give you uh, the scriptures to go home and read and meditate on your own. I'm not going to spend time reading it today. But it's found in uh, John chapter 4. And if there's a so-called title to my talk today would be making the word relevant again, because I think as many of us who are believers know, uh, the credibility of Christians nowadays is, is not really there the way that it used to be. Uh, we either have uh, the extremes of, you know, um, people who don't do what we may morally think that they should have looked upon us as being judgmental. Um, and then, you know, there are other circles that wonder if what we have is even relevant to today's concerns. And for those of us that live and breathe this thing, we know that we're absolutely relevant. And if you look at all the leadership in the Bible, um, there was not this separation. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. And that came up in our conversations as the leaders were convening this week is that there's really no separation. Uh, even when we go into our workplaces, you're still representing the kingdom of God. God still has a commission for us to build. Uh, when Ken was talking about the master's programs and, and the education, um, it's wonderful and awesome that as believers we're even thinking about that because sometimes we can have a tendency to think about preparing people for the end, the end times that we forget to preach about living and what to do until that time, that appointed time comes. So as I mentioned, the woman at the well, Jesus was so masterful in, first of all, meeting a woman who crossed racial barriers, even to be able, even to speak to a woman uh, was against the cultural norms at that time. And he crossed those lines to meet her right where she was. And even though he called out the sin, he took the time to love on her and to impart into her life. And the thing that I love about the Jesus that we serve is that when he died and resurrected, he said he was leaving so that we could do even greater things. And sometimes the, the human side of us, when we look at CNN and we read the newspapers and we see all of the ills that are going on, sometimes it's a bit overwhelming. And you say, God, what, what can I do? I'm out here in Bend, Oregon. How can I help the people of Ferguson, the people of Baltimore, 
What can I do? Well, first, the thing you can do is ask the Lord what is your part. What is your portion? Because one of the other issues in the body of Christ that we have a real issue with is competing and, and lusting after the gifts of one another. And it can make you feel inadequate if, if you're trying to operate in what God has called someone else to do. I know Shaw works with young girls, and that's her calling and her portion. And for someone else, it may be uh, the gift of hospitality. And as many of you have opened up your homes and housed us, but whatever it is that God has called you to do, we should not be envious if one person, we talked about this during the retreat, if one person is called to be the arm, let's support that person in being the arm. And if you're a leg in the body, then be the best leg that you possibly can be. And even if you are a pinky toe, if that pinky toe is broken, do you know your whole body is off balance? So you may feel so inadequate. You may feel like, I don't even really know what goes on in the inner city. But you know what's going on in rural areas. And really, there's no, we can go to so many different countries. And the concerns that we have are not really so unique. But God is looking for vessels when, this, when he met that woman at the well in Samaria, where he had no business being, and he just had a, he, he just came in his authentic self, being who he is, and though he confronted the sin nature in her, he ministered life and he gave her, he quenched her thirst, he gave her eternal water. And we all, as believers of Christ, regardless of our denominations, because I, I don't believe when uh, the word talks about Christ returning for his bride, you know, that would be a pretty bipolar bride if it's Catholic, Presbyterian, First Epithelic, you know, all of these different denominations or titles that we get caught up in, Reverend Doctor prophetess, whatever your calling is. I don't think that's the bride that Christ is really looking for. And in that portion of scripture, when he met the, the woman in Samaria, he talked about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And in that worshiping God in spirit and in truth, God will deal with our differences of doctrine, our differences of beliefs, our differences of how we feel about one another, our differences of race and socioeconomic status. God will meet us in that place and equip his body. He's setting the stage. All of this darkness is setting the stage for the light of God to go forward. If you have a dark room and you know that there's just a crack, that light illuminates through that darkness, just the crack. So imagine if each of us take that dunamis power, that, that Greek word where we get our English word for dynamite. When you think of dynamite, you think about explosiveness. 
Each of us has that. Each of us has that resurrection power. When you come and give your, your life to Christ, it's not just about saving yourself from hell and damnation. It, it's not just about that. But it's this piece of, as Ken talked about, the fruits of the Spirit. It's about developing that character, that life on the inside so that you're equipped and empowered to go out and change the world. So don't think just because you're in Ben, Oregon, that somehow I don't really know what I can do to be effectual. I am the product, the word of God talks about in, in Revelations 12, verse 11, it talks about overcoming by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. And sometimes your testimony alone is the breakthrough and the encouragement that someone else needs to become who God has called them to be. So while we're trying all this stuff, like how many prayer meetings have we been to and how many scriptures have I memorized, we've got to be careful that we're not intimidating people to the point that they feel like the Christ that we serve is not even attainable. And sometimes we get caught up with that. Even if we've lived in Christ and we've walked in this thing for some time, we can forget what life was like. And we have to be careful of those things. We have to be mindful that they are hurting people. Ken talked about the sex trade. We also have, uh, for black men who are incarcerated in numbers that is just absolutely crazy. These are fathers that are leaving families. These are husbands that some women will never get to marry. In a city like Baltimore, where there's so many resources, if you go to certain parts of the town, like where our tourist um, parts are, the Inner Harbor, all that area down in Canton, and then you go to a place like Sandtown, which, which uh, after the Freddie Gray incident has uh, become uh, famous, that, that little area, you can see the vast disconnect and the lack of resources and wealth, the, the, the distribution of wealth or the lack thereof. And we as believers, we've got to catch this fire, the heart of God. We, we say these catchphrases like, what would Jesus do? What would you do? If we are the followers of Jesus Christ, if we have the heart of Jesus, if we have the deutimous power on the inside of us, if we have the resurrection power on the, the inside of us, there's an area called Park Heights in Baltimore. And it too reflects the 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 ills, the social ills of how one part of Park Heights is just um, poverty-stricken, high HIV rates, 
uh, low educational attainment. And then you can go to the other side of Park Heights where it's a Jewish community. And you even physically see the difference. Somehow Park Heights just becomes beautiful. And what does our faith have to say about those things? Do we just sit back and say, well, you know, my family, we're doing pretty good. We're both employed, you know, we're raising our kids, and life is great for us. But somewhere, somehow, our lives are all intertwined and, and connected. And if we don't wake up and get this, then what does that really mean for our world? And so some can get discouraged by what we see. But as believers, we've got this book, we've got the scriptures, so we shouldn't be taken off guard when we see what we see happening in our world. God is setting the stage for his people. I've worked in the foundation world and I've worked in government. And I can tell you that throwing money at these social ills alone is not the answer. God knows we have so many programs. It's not the answer alone. But if each one of us would humble ourselves before God, would pray and intercede, would do the part that we can with what we have, we can fulfill the prayer that Christ himself prayed. He said, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come here on earth, just as it is in heaven. So this thing, this treasure that we have, because after Christ introduced himself to this, this woman at the well, if you look at the following scriptures, she became one of his greatest allies. And, and when people talk about women not being preachers, well, I have to differ. Because that woman went and she told her story about her relationship with Christ. And it talks about how many others came to know the Lord because of that testimony. So I urge you to think about how did you come to know Christ? What did he do in your life? I know for me, I grew up in a single parent household. My mom worked two jobs to get us, to get me through college. My father wrestled with drug addiction for 20 plus years and is now paraplegic as a result of some of the poor decisions that he made. So if I subscribe to the prophet of doom, I would never be here. I would never be married. I would have never waited for marriage to have a child. Because if you read the statistics about African Americans and what we do and don't do, I don't fit that mold. And I have a sneaky suspicion that there are a lot of other dimes and rubies, diamonds and rubies in places like Baltimore. What I did have was a mother who instilled the word of God in my life. What I did have was an encounter with a Christ who transformed everything about me. He helped me to see myself as a royal priesthood. So while statistics said what I couldn't be, 
I laughed. And it has not been easy. But the God that we serve, he empowers us. And then the Lord, we need each other. He brings other believers along the way to encourage you. Because the truth of the matter is, we all grow weary sometimes. But we have this hope. We have this hope. And you have a pastor and other leaders here who have this vision of being so much bigger than just Ben Oregon. And God called you to this house for such a time as this. Not just to come on Sunday morning and hear a great sermon and go home and watch the beautiful mountains. You guys have some beautiful places here. And that's great, but it doesn't stop there. You're here, you're attached to this body of Antioch for a divine purpose and calling. And I just encourage you to not take this thing so lightly, not just think you're coming to church, but take the commission of Christ seriously because there are people not only in Baltimore, but all over the world that are waiting on you. You may be the answer to someone else's prayer. And let's not be so religious and put God in a box that we miss a move of God. People don't want to hear, you know, when I used to be a youth pastor, I guess that that meant, um, you know, talk real spiritual and deep to me. And so when I was single, there was a guy that called himself liking me. And, And I, you know, we were dating. And I would say to him, how are you? He would say, God is good. Okay. All right. I asked you, how are you? I know God is good. He is good today, tomorrow, and forevermore. But how are you? You know what I mean? So we, we have to be real with people. And just because, you know, you're white, we're black, you know, it doesn't mean that you, you've got to change who you are to fit in or be in the love of God. The agape love of God is, has a universal language. And if you just authentically be yourself, the love of God is contagious. We'll catch it regardless of where you are. So that means when you're in the grocery store, God may have an assignment for you right in the grocery store or the parking lot or a sports event or hiking in the mountains. You don't know where God is going to meet you. But it's important for us to strip ourselves and divest ourselves from this religious mindset and really come into an understanding of the Christ, the Jesus, the anointed one that we serve and catch that mantle. He said, even greater things shall we do. We've been equipped with things that, quite frankly, you're not going to need the gifts of the Spirit when you get to heaven. That's not what it's for. If heaven is this wonderful place, this great, wonderful place of love and totality of everything, then you may not want to sit on your gifts right now. God gave it to us for right now. 
There's a right noun in you. Even in Ben, Oregon, you have a mission and a calling and a pastor and a leader who has a vision so much broader. And I'm sure if you're anything like Baltimore, Baltimore has no shortage of churches. There's like one on every corner next to a liquor store. It's kind of an awkward mix. But I believe that God calls a people to a certain house. And I believe he calls us all to, to, to come under that vision and to get in agreement with it. And so if you're arm at Antioch, then you wave that arm and you function as an arm. And if you're a leg at Antioch, then you plug in and you be a leg. And if you're just that pinky toe, then be that pinky toe because you are keeping balance to that body. Just be who God called you to be and exude the love of God and seek him daily for your instructions and your assignments. Because when I tell you, I never thought I would be on this. I did, like I said, I was literally eating dinner. And if you know anything about me, I love to eat. I had no idea that there would be a divine appointment by God, but I answered the call. So thank you so very much for welcoming us. We solicit your prayers for each and every one of these leaders that are here that are on the battlefield in their own different, um, different ways that they're serving in the community. We need your prayers because as we go forth every day um, in the world, we, we need to be encouraged and covered in prayer and to know that we're not alone. So thank you, and God bless each of you. I'm going to, if we could stand, I want to close us out in prayer, and then David's going to worship. I don't know if you do it here, but could you hold the hand of the person next to you? Precious Lord, God, we thank you so very much for your amazing love and power, God. We thank you for your precious spirit. God, we thank you how you orchestrate things, even in the midst, God. Father, we thank you for Antioch and Ben Organ, Lord God. We thank you for the commission and the call that's upon this house, God. We thank you for this set man and woman of God that are shepherding this flock. God, we ask that you would send laborers to help hold his hands up so that he can stay in a posture of worship and to hear clearly from you, Lord, as he leads this flock, God. Father, I pray for each person that's here and each family that's represented here, God. I pray a fresh anointing, God. I pray a greater outpouring of your spirit, God. I pray a great awakening, God. I pray that you would ignite a fire in us that the world cannot consume or burn out, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you anoint our eyes with vision, prophetic vision, to see beyond our circumstances, God, to see beyond uh, the natural, Lord God, and to, to see 
see your vision, God. I pray, God, that you align our thoughts with your thoughts, God, and give us the burden and the heart for the things that burden you, Lord God. Immerse us with your agape love, God. Lord, we repent for our sins, God, for the times that we've looked upon others in judgment, God, or we've dismissed things that we, we know we could have stepped in and helped, but we dismissed it and said, oh, someone else will do it. God, no longer will we do that, God, but we will be quick to obey you, God, quick to do the work of the ministry, God, to be ministers of reconciliation, God, to always be in season and have a word for someone, God, to, to be this thing, to carry and to live in and to be the authentic disciple that you called us to be, God. Father, bless this congregation. Saturate them with your presence, God. Take their worship and their understanding of the scriptures even to greater heights and levels in you, God. It's in the name of Jesus, the name, God, that you appointed above every name, the name that demons have to bow and everything that's not of you have to bow. We do lift this prayer up in the name of Jesus and we give you all the glory and all the thanks and all the praise. Amen.